Hello and welcome to another Light Reading podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I'm the editor at Light Reading. And hi, this is Shaker Iron. I'm the CEO of Arcus. Shaker, thanks so much for making the time. Uh, Thank you for having me. You've got a company to run and we're at a very busy trade show. We're here at the Mobile World Congress in Las Vegas. And uh, I've I've talked to you before in, in your uh, uh, in your VMware days. Yes, indeed. And I do appreciate uh, any time I get a chance to, to pick your brain about what's going on in the telecom ecosystem. Um, I, yeah. But but first, of all, I have a couple of questions about Arcus specifically. Um, sure. So, I, the more um, uh, you add to the, the the overall platform, so I know it's virtualized routing uh, and virtualized infrastructure. Yes. Um, you're selling to telecom companies and to enterprises. That's correct. And it seems like you're, uh, there's so much uh, that you're able to do that, that I wonder at what point you, or do you consider Arcus a network as a service company, or do you consider it uh, simply a, 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 the new evolution of, of infrastructure in terms of hardware, things like that? Yeah, we are, <clears throat> I would say, much more an enabler of the former. Uh, okay. So we enable networks to be operated as services. And so we absolutely look at the world as moving to a place where everything can be actually provisioned quickly, consumable as a service, and needing, frankly, as little hardware as possible. Okay. Uh, all our innovation is in software, and so we're looking at basically driving the convergence of edge computing, multi-cloud networking, as well as 5G, uh, and making it consumable as a service. That's what's exciting about this, this, um, th this ability to kind of like uh, address this, these wildly different parts of the network with essentially the same underlying technology. Yes, exactly. Um, that's, that's been a, you know, because that, that takes away, you know, obviously the, there's, the, there's the hardware efficiency to be gained. You know, yep. you can go on, um, on standard uh, hardware platforms, yes. uh, standard server platforms, um, on the uh, on the ability to address, I know I know that the parts of the network are converging. Or is it converging? Are the types of networks converging? Because you are addressing both enterprises and service providers. Yeah, well, fundamentally, <clears throat> I like to think about it as sort of two somewhat separate and sequestered networks. One which in, in existed in the comms domain. Mm -hmm. mostly the domain of like telcos and cable providers, et cetera. The other one is more <clears throat> enterprise friendly, which is more the cloud. Okay. Um, and obviously a lot of compute infrastructure has either moved or is in the process of moving to public and hybrid cloud. But these two domains have been somewhat separate from each other, right? right? And yeah. so you've got a whole bunch of innovation happening in communications with the Gs, 4G going to 5G and all the talk about the next generation, et cetera. Meanwhile, a lot of the productivity applications and the way you can actually consume capacity quickly has been made real in the cloud. And telco operators, cable operators have historically not done much with the cloud. They've had some forays, but not particularly successful. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel like we're at the point where there is a convergence that is both beneficial to the customer, but also creates an opportunity for new leaders to come in. Um, I mean, some people sort of say, hey, hyperscalers are the winners. They're done. There's no point competing with them. There's nothing more to gain. We just sort of listen to their tune and play with it. 
Right. I'm more of an optimist that there is, in fact, going to be a new opportunity as this convergence comes in. And somebody is going to become the new hyperscaler of this future um, architecture. And we ourselves want to be very much an enabler as that happens. Well, you're, you're, you're an optimist, but I also know you're a technologist, so there must be something grounded in your thinking. So what, <laughs> so what, is, it, what is it that you're seeing about the market you know, the market change that you're able, that you think you can capitalize on, you know, to kind of uh, take advantage of this, uh, this, this realignment. Yeah, I'll give you three specific examples. I'll say, let me start with the enterprise first. Uh, so on the enterprise side, there is an increasing desire to be more distributed and to essentially get compute and network closer to where the enterprise points of consumption are, right? Okay, sure. And now, broadly speaking, that's sort of called edge computing. A lot of people talk about edge computing and the use cases for it. But I feel like technically and technologically, we're now at a point where you can truly take uh, an infrastructure platform, which used to be monolithic and kind of hardware defined, right. and make it more fragmented and software defined, and then have your control plane live and be resident in multiple points in the network, right? I mean, this is new technology. This is now possible. Yeah. It, not, it was not possible before. And we, among others, are essentially spurring things like that on. The second use case that I want to point out is really around things that are more um, security related. Uh, okay. And so again, if you think about the web at large, there's a whatever gigantic number of routers that are in that network today, and mm -hmm. they are basically doing the heavy lifting around moving packets around so that anything that you and I say over the web can actually first get fragmented and then be rejoined at the other end and come together as a wholesome um, uh, piece of information at the other end. Right. But now security in this world is becoming increasingly important for things like Web3 applications or the metaverse or anything that is riding on top of this plumbing. Sure. And so you now have technology and specifically things like route origin validation for like BGP convergence inside routers that allows you to inspect packets, determine where they're coming from, and then make sure that the plumbing itself is secure so that the applications riding on top of that is secure. And this is again new. Yeah. The third component of what I wanted to mention is a technology called SRV6. And SRV6 in particular enables the mobile network to come closer to the IP network and make it more programmable like the IP network. Okay. So rather than treating the mobile network as a completely separate piece of infrastructure that you and I could not go and access as an application developer, uh. SRV6 now opens that up. We just demonstrated this, in fact, with SoftBank um, at uh, TM Forum in Copenhagen last right. week. Yeah. And this is another example of real technology that is going to make a change in terms of how the architecture now blends these capacity pools together. Yeah, let's let's talk a bit a bit about that. That was a very interesting kind of demo or, or a, a technology uh, trial, or I guess. Um, what, what was SoftBank trying to achieve? What, what, what was what was their sort of business goal, and then how did the infrastructure come into play? Yeah, so this is an industry first, um, and it is the demonstration of the fact that a mobile user plane. 
can be constructed using SRV6 and a technology called FlexAlgo uh, that we have supported SoftBank on in demonstrating this. And the business goal here, like I said, is twofold. One is architecturally to show that you can now look at the way packet forwarding, et cetera, is done in the context of 5G and do it in a richly intelligent way, as opposed to just kind of going in and doing it in the same old way in which it was done in the prior generations of, right. uh, of technology. The second aspect here is the idea that you can actually more efficiently create services, functions, and we demonstrated network slicing essentially. Okay. and create a slice and then deliver it on top of a network that is based on SRV6. Mm. And the reason that this now becomes a very significant new innovation or invention is you can now look at it as the convergence, as I had previously said, of the mobile network with the IP network mm. and being able to now deliver a slice on top of this converged network in a way in which policies, fidelity, et cetera, is maintained end-to-end -end from the end user back to the core, right? And that's what is significant about this. And we're collectively also trying to make sure that this, we can dot all the I's, cross all the T's, make it like production-ready technology, et cetera. Hmm. And, and the, the, the payoff for, let's say, an enterprise or, or a company, uh, you know, a company consuming this, um, is, you know, well, first of all, I guess it, 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 it's incredibly secure, you know, yes. keeps, keeps, it keeps them secure across whatever network or across right. whatever type of connectivity. I imagine that the, in the, on the management side, it simplifies things. Yeah, it actually, the payoff goes to different stakeholders and it's yeah. essentially sort of a win-win across the board uh, because for the provider, it gives them the ability to monetize new services that can then get delivered on top of this network, mm -hmm. but do it in a cost-effective and a multi-tenanted manageable way as a provider. On the other side, for the consumer, the enterprise that is consuming the service, they now get the benefit of developer-driven applications that can be deployed on top of this network, sort of very similar to how the cloud is today. Okay. Um, and I mean, this is sort of a thought exercise, right? You, you, you and I don't think twice about going to Amazon or Google or Azure and building an app and launching it there and like everything is available for us to be able to do it. Right. But we don't have the same level of comfort in building an app and launching it on an AT&T network or a Verizon network. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Whereas this sort of innovation is now going to open up that, uh, uh, that uh, marketplace, I would say, okay. for people to jump in and build applications and network functions and then consume that from the enterprise. So you're, I mean, essentially you, you, you go from being a, you know, a, a, an efficient, hardware, you know, uh, fi finding efficiencies in, in, you know, replacing hardware or sort of evolving hardware in the, in the network, network infrastructure stuff to being a network service provider in a sense, because you're, re you're really creating network services at this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we aren't, just to be very clear, we aren't ourselves a network service provider, sure. but we're much more the 
platform technology provider for network for services providers. Yeah, making possible. them capable, yeah. making it possible, enabling them. Yeah. And so whether it is simple enterprise switching for the data center or multi-cloud networking or this um, SRV6 based 5G routing, uh, our technology essentially is the same platform that is enabling these things. Right. But we have um, providers that are then taking that and then using that in order to build and develop and deploy their services. To, 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 uh, since we're business to business, and I can ask crass business questions, how, how do you get paid you know, in that scenario though? Because you're, you're, you're simply, you know, d d how do you uh, uh, profit from all these extra things that service providers are getting? To yeah, I mean, there are various models. I mean, we are a young company, and so as a result, we're actually quite creative about the business models we can adopt ourselves. Yeah. But in a partner-driven business model, a partner can essentially license our software, buy our software, OEM our software, resell our software. Okay. I mean, we are a software company at the end of the day. Right. And all of this then leads us to being I'd say a partner in the success of our partner's business. Okay. Uh, I mean, all the way up to we could do revenue share licensing uh, for some of these other partners that want to build and deploy services. Right. And and um, uh, last question, and then I'll I'll, I'll let you go. But I'm, I'm, uh, I really appreciate the time. What's the the acceptance or what's the trajectory been like on the service provider side? Since that's the one we cover most closely, are you? Um, you know, are you guys uh, uh, finding success in, in network operators and what kind of use cases are, are you addressing? Yeah, so our technology as we have, in fact, um, um, mentioned earlier or even published earlier, uh, we're, we're doing this work uh, with SoftBank. We've separately been trialing our uh, distributed routing solution at Liberty Global. Uh -huh. Uh, and I'd say these are sort of customer number one and two for us, or um, uh, provider number one and two that we're working with closely. Uh, but we're now at a point where uh, on the SRV6 side, we've kind of worked with this now in a way in which we've showcased the benefit and power, uh, like I said last week in TM Forum, and we're like open to having these conversations with anybody who is interested in this kind of technology now to go and join the journey with us. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, on the enterprise side, is that business uh, able to move more, is that business moving more quickly? Do you have to do as much proof of concept or do folks No, it moves more quickly for sure. Um, it's a bit less of like proving cycles, et cetera. Yeah. So clearly I think the cycles there are shorter. Uh, I do think, though, that that ends up being more of an entry point and a sort of landing point for us. Mm -hmm. uh, because at the end of the day, our value proposition in switching is very simple. I mean, there's an immediate one-on-one -on -one economic replacement value mm -hmm. when you take uh, uh, an existing switch and you ask the question of what would Arca software on top of white box networking hardware provide the customer. Right. But more interestingly, once we are then deployed in top of Rack or Spine or Leaf as ArcOS, we can then take that and start expanding that to other types of services that the enterprise can create and deploy on there. So. Okay, that's great. Uh, Shekhar, uh, again, I, I appreciate your time. I know it's a busy show for you. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about you know, where Arcus goes next, because this, uh, this is 
this is exciting stuff. We're, see, we're seeing these networks completely change the way they're uh, run and may, run and may be programmed uh, in the future. Yes, no, I hope uh, that they, that happens to be like uh, next year when we are in Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Hopefully we'll be able to tell you that there are <laughs> 10 or 15 service providers that are already deploying this. All right, well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mark that on the tape and we'll, we'll play it back at that time. <laughs> Great, thank you for having me. Take care, thanks. Bye.